Hi everyone from a very floody Brisbane. Jesus Christ, what is happening? Um, I'm really hoping that this podcast is a little bit of a distraction from the pandemic slash war slash flood panic. I carumba. I hope that it um, is a small break in your anxiety. So this podcast number 80 is with Joel Shadbolt, the singer and guitarist of the New Zealand band LAB. Joel and I caught up remotely in December 2021 and they released their new album LAB5 on the 17th of that month. This band is amazing. They've really blown up. They're coming over to Australia to play in April. You can find dates on their Insta, but I'm pretty sure that most of the shows have already sold out. But have a look. You might be lucky. Joel and I chat about the making of their fifth album, going to the gym with your bandmates, his love of the band Toto, and looking after yourself on tour. Um, It's a really nice chat, and I hope it provides you with a little distraction from the world like it did for me. Joel's strange show story was illustrated by Lawrence Crow. You can check out more of his excellent work on his Instagram at Loz Crow Illustration or on his website. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can find that easily. As always, you can see all illustrations for the guest stories on Instagram at Hearsay Podcast or on the Hearsay Facebook page. Thank you so much for listening again, and I hope you are all staying safe. Here is episode number 80 with Joel Shadbolt. How's your day been? It's been good. I just had a haircut. We're getting ready right. for, uh, yeah. I know the listeners can't see, but man, I'm looking suave. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm getting ready for the music awards and um, we've got um, big rehearsals this week leading into oh, summer. Yeah, we've got some shows coming up. So we're just getting ready for, for all of that, really. Yeah, so mm. you need a really good haircut to get, that's right. you know, that's step one. <laughs> oh that's awesome is that like the the new zealand music awards what is that that's right yeah the amas um AMAs. And, and we're up for four awards this year which is awesome wow congratulations yeah. thank you i'll have my fingers yeah. crossed for you yeah please thanks and you're about to release an album yeah no it's gonna be good as well we um we've piled it we, we do this to our label i feel sorry for them we we, we go hey look we finished an album and we want to release it like straight away. And they're like, uh, okay, I'll just release it on the same day as the music awards. Oh, let's have a big <laughs> rehearsal on the same week. So this week is just mental. Didn't you bring the release day forward as well? Yeah. Yeah. So this is, yeah. this is the, the mad week that, uh, album comes out. Hopefully we, uh, do, do well at the awards and, um, get to see our team after four or five months. Cause they're all in Auckland. Well, tell me about the album. I feel like it's, um, it's you've been so prolific. You've released pretty much an album every year mm. for four years. Um, how's this one come about, and has it been trickier because of COVID? I think it's um, it's been we've been lucky, and it's kind of double-edged sword, I guess. But we we meant to go to Australia like twice um, this year. We meant to go in May, and then we had to shift it to 
October, and now we've had to sh- we've had to shift that to April next year. Um, so because of the cancellations or the postponements of tours and that, we've been able to get into the studio more. Um, yeah. And and if it had been, you know, if we had been overseas, then we wouldn't have finished this album. Kind of happy accident then. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Album five would have come out, but it would have come out next year sometime, you know. So um, yeah. by the end of October, we had a, a full album on our hands, which we started in about uh, end of March this year. So it took oh, us about that's pretty good. Yeah. six or seven months. Did you have lockdowns during that time? Uh, a little one in, man, it's all a blur, eh? Uh, I know. <laughs> there, yeah, there was a little one, I think, in like August, maybe yeah. August, September this year. Mm. So it wasn't as bad as Victoria or anything over here? No, we've, we've been super lucky. Well, you've got an amazing political leader. I think all of Australia is always really jealous whenever we see Jacinta. <laughs> yeah, she's she's doing well. I mean, I, I feel really sorry for her, to be quite honest. Um, she's getting a lot of flack at the moment. And it's like, is man, she? Yeah, I know she's just trying to do the right thing. I mean, people obviously, uh, we don't want to get on the conversation of vaccines, but... Um, <laughs> You know, people either believe she's doing the the most wrong thing ever or the most right yeah. thing. I, I do believe she's doing the right. Yeah, but that's the thing, isn't it? You can't do right by everyone. Have you been able to do shows this year? Like, have you been able to sort of carry on as normal? Yeah, we were lucky. Uh, LAB seems to just always dodge the bullet um, with COVID. And we did it last year as well. We managed to get some shows in and then all of a sudden there's lockdowns and it's like, yeah. uh, and then the, and then the conspiracy style. Oh, LABs must be nah, nah. But, uh, <laughs> um, but we we got some shows under the belt in like July um, for winter, which which was cool. Uh, we only played three shows this winter: two in Wellington and and one in oh my gosh, Christchurch, no Auckland. Yeah. I can't remember. But um, it's yeah, it's been an interesting year for shows, but it's. Since March, we've only played three gigs, so we're really looking forward to playing this summer, you know. Yeah, uh, in, I bet. in between all that, just heavily in the studio and in the last kind of four or five weeks, we've been playing together as a band, getting ready for playing live. So that's been really fun, you know, being back in the rehe- rehearsal space. And uh, we did some like Radio New Zealand live sessions um, a couple of weeks ago, which is so much fun. Just Great. to yeah, be playing, you know, like that again different world i saw pictures of you guys playing to like a behemoth audience (laughs) is that sort of what um what you're expecting the upcoming shows to be i I just feel like you guys just really exploded uh recently yeah i think that um the last 12 months or 18 months i suppose since in the air got dropped which was at the end of believe it or not was the end of 2019 that that got dropped um and since then, it's just been mental. It's like yeah. one strength to another. The first big lockdown, which was in March last year, um, yeah, end of, end of March 2020, we we just finished our summer tour, played the biggest shows we'd ever played, um, and, and the air was slowly getting more and more momentum through that summer. It wasn't like an instant like banger. It took It took a while to get, but it just gradually got bigger and bigger. And then as soon as the lockdown hit, it just kept going. <laughs> it just became the, um, the the anthem of of the start of that year, and and then became the most streamed song in New Zealand that year. It was just so I know. Like, I just got like 
almost fucking 32 million listens or something. That's insane. Yeah, yeah it's loose, man. Um, so COVID's got a lot to answer for. Um, you know, <laughs> we've got a lot to thank COVID for, I think. And it's really weird saying that, but it's like, you know, there's no international artists touring here. There's no, you know, at the world, the, the countries in, in our hands, the artists that have a chance to have a crack at the at the big shows, man. We will, us, yeah. the 660, and, you know, it's, the list goes on. We've all had a really good crack at playing some massive, time, like, massive um, festival slots. And in the last two years, it's been incredible for Kiwi artists. Everything's contained. Yeah. We were talking about it um, yesterday. It's like, well, as soon as you know, next summer comes along, we're just going to be in the mix with Guns N' Roses, Ed Sheeran, <laughs> but, um, Metallica, Beyonce, yeah. you know, they're all coming and they're coming and not. They haven't been here for three years. So it's just going to be like, now's the time. This, this summer is our. It's the summer like... of LAB. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. You're like, we're, we're going to be competing with Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's number one competitor. <laughs> Probably, to be honest, it'll be Adele. She'd be like, "Ah, uh, I'm trying to book every venue in the whole of New Zealand. I can't actually get anywhere." No, I liked it. I liked it. Um, well, can we talk about Little Joel and how you um how you began singing and and playing your instruments and stuff? Yeah. Did you always want to play music? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I was brought up like uh, my dad was a country singer and guitarist, and really, like what kind of country? Like, like modern country or like um, like Jinga country? What do what we call it in New Zealand? Um, he played like the Golden Tar Awards, where, you know, like just country music, just you know, the country club country music kind of stuff. Awesome. Um, like Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton kind of country. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, he started me off when I was three on the on a on a ukulele um, from the rubbish dump. He, he brought it home and put some fishing line string on it, and that's how it all kind of all kind of kicked off. Singing was always like in the car. We always sing to get in the car to like Jimmy Buffett and yeah, heaps of different stuff, heaps of American music. We used to just listen to like Radio Hodaki and the Rock, yeah, heaps of old school music, cold chisel, I was bored of each of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Joe Crocker and yeah, the, 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 the singing came a lot later, like in regards to becoming a singer. I never thought I would be a singer. That's the funny thing. I was always a guitarist. I was like, when I grow up, I want to be a session guitarist. I want to be yeah. playing guitar for, for Adele. Or, you know, like that, that was the dream. I studied guitar. I studied music for five years. So, um, and there was so you're never like classically trained. No, I studied jazz for three years, oh, but jazz, I would yeah. say I wouldn't call myself a jazz guitarist. But I, I love harmony and learning about how things work. You know, just dissecting music on the, on that kind of intellectual level, um, which is what I was fascinated with because my ears were telling me a lot of things, but my brain was going, "What the fuck does that mean?" Like, you know, like yeah. Um, so when you first started playing, did you learn a lot by ear? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I never, I can't still can't read music very well. I understand it enough. I but. always felt like you don't really need to be able to sight read music to have a musical brain. No, definitely not. No. So often it's um, people who don't read music 
can come up with just as interesting, if not more interesting ideas. Totally. Well, I was lucky enough to go to a music summer program in the States uh, when I was studying at uh, Polytech. I left school at 15 and went to like a music course at the local Polytechnic. And it was like a two-year production performance, learning a bit about recording, you know, a little bit about theory. And it's really kind of a platter of things, nothing too in-depth. Um, and in that time, I went to the States to the summer program at the LA Music Academy. And that's where I kind of figured out, like, okay, well, if I want to take this whole music thing seriously, but I was lucky enough to hang out with, like, Michael Jackson's vocal coach and Steve Vai's bass player and all these, uh, Joe Picaro, who's the father of the drummer, bass player and piano player of Toto. Like, he's the dad. He's he's passed away now. But, yeah, so I got to meet some incredible, incredible legendary session musicians they were the ones that were like, oh, man, you know, you either got to study classical or, or jazz or contemporary music um, just to understand how everything works, you know. And I was 15 at that time. And so I came home and, and went to jazz school instead of going back to the States because it was going to cost like an arm and a leg and my liver to kid and sell a kidney to try and make it work over there, you know. <laughs> it cost so much to study in America. So it was um, – so, yeah, it's kind of – it was that natural – you know, could use my ears thing and then balancing it out with understanding how the harmony works. And... That's so interesting that mm. that you were like, I think I need to do more work. Yeah. That not many people get that, I don't think, to, to be able to see that reality in front of them. Totally. What they want to aspire to. It turned around because then in my 20s I was playing, you know, after going to jazz school I was, had a, a band that we all went overseas together with and, uh, played in like a, a jazz club in, in Cornwall in London uh, in the UK um, and we you know we all lived there made bugger all money like just played played music four nights a week I did the dishes in the kitchen during the week it was like struggle street but the best times hey you know those times in your life you're like man that was a that was the best time in my life <laughs> One of them. yeah well, I think also those formative years, like in your in your twenties, especially yeah, your early twenties, you're like you you discover so much about who you are and who you want to be, and you discover a lot of music in that time. And yeah. I definitely remember like that time in my life where yeah, it's just so eye opening. Yeah, no, it's definitely um definitely a special time in your twenties, exploring a lot, eh? But when did the singing start? Because I feel like when um when I first heard your music, I felt like I was very surprised to see what you looked like because I felt <laughs> like your voice is so like, it's like a you've stepped straight out of like Motown or Stax. It's like this kind of really beautiful, soulful voice. Um, and when I saw a picture of like the whole band, you look like tough dudes, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, we all go to the gym. And, no, no. <laughs> you look like you could beat someone up. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brad could definitely beat someone up, and Stu would not be far behind him. Brad's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Oh. Um, and Stu also does jiu-jitsu. Miharu is now on the bandwagon with jiu-jitsu. Um, you going to get in there? No, I, I, just, I just go to the gym and run. Um, you know, so if I was ever in that situation, I'd just be able to You'd run, run away. away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you won't catch me choking anybody up. Yeah. Um, 
And you know, when I first met Brad, like we, he goes, "Oh, Brad, you know, come come to the gym for a jam." And it's kind of how the band started to form. He goes, "I'll oh, come for a jujitsu session, and um, me and my mate Joe, you know, check you through, through some drills." I've never punched a dude in my life. Like I've never been in yeah, a fight. Me either. You know, I'm, uh, yeah, I'd be like, "Let's talk it out." You know, I'd be yeah. that guy. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about our feelings. But yeah, I, I could definitely see how you've got that perception when we're all standing there, like, "Yo." Yeah. Or are your promo photos are quite like, like serious and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, earnest maybe, but yeah, yeah. Tell me about tell me about how you started singing. Oh yes, so you keep asking that question. You've got a really lovely voice. Thank you. Um, I yeah, so like started singing when I was younger with Dad and and that, but never took it seriously till I was about fifteen, sixteen, and I started a covers band in that time that I was studying at Polytech. Um, just a three-piece, um, funnily enough, called Triple J. Yeah, it was Joel, <laughs> Joel, Jason, and Jeremy. Now I get interviewed by the radio station. It's quite funny. Um, was that before you knew of Triple J, the radio yeah, station? Yeah, didn't even know who I was. That's yeah. great. Um, so the three of us, um, yeah, had this covers band, and that's where I kind of probably, you know, did my apprenticeship, I suppose, as, as a singer. I had to sing everything from top 40 to classic rock to blues to you know weddings singing jazz or not jazz but you know heaps of different stuff um can you tell me like some of the songs that you sang oh man oh, yeah i've got a i've got this playlist of songs that i i've made like joel's singing list vocal jams here there's five hours and 29 minutes of songs uh sledgehammer by peter gabriel oh great song when the war is over by cold chisel dirty laundry don henley uh, bad case of loving you. <laughs> who's doctor, that again? Doctor, Give it a new Yeah. What? Who's that again? Uh, Robert Palmer. Oh yeah. Have you heard that Johnny and Mary song by Robert Palmer? It's like r- super synthy. No, I haven't heard that. It's so good. It's. What, I think it it's the best, best Robert Palmer song. Yeah, he's got a real like bluesy voice, you know. Yeah, great voice. Um, but yeah, heaps of that kind of stuff. That sounds like a good cross section of lots of genres and yeah, kind of a good experience. Bill Withers is is up there for me as a as a singer and a storyteller. I you know, could I could listen to Bill and sing to Bill Withers, yeah, like a lullaby. I just love his voice and his his you know the way he writes. It's like the most inspiring. Simple. It's just so simple. It's like, why didn't I think of that? You know, lean on me yeah. when you're not strong, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Some of the best lyrics, most honest, most up the guts, like no smoke and mirrors, you know, what an incredible straight-to-the-point way of writing. Yeah, uh, that is very inspiring, isn't it? Yeah, and it's like, man, it's it's a, you know, it's like making the perfect cake. It's like, man. Yeah. It's just like four ingredients. It's like, my, you know. I don't know. I know what you mean. I've actually noticed more and more when I listen to the radio, which I only really do when I'm driving. But a lot of songs that were really successful have minimal instrumentation. Yeah. You know, it might be like one synth, a bass and and a drum machine or whatever. Yeah. And I think that that's so interesting because the school of rock that I come from mm. is 
is layers and layers and layers of stuff. That's where the studio, you know, becomes an instrument. Eh? You just, um, and it can be a blessing and a curse all at the same time because it's so much fun. Like, yeah, we've done tracks in, on LAB songs where there's been 60 vocal tracks, you know? Yeah, that's right. Layered harmonies and, and, and then you've got, the doubles of the harmonies. Yeah, and the triples these, of the harmonies. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just <laughs> endless. All those little tricks in the studio. But then there's there's something about there is something about that. I think it's beautiful, you know, that you could create an orchestra of just madness through studio, but then getting a guitar and a vocal to do that same thing or create that same kind of energy is, is just as powerful. That's right. And, if not harder, probably. But, um... It is. And I think you have to make that conscious decision to strip it back because it's so accessible these days to be able to lay down like a hundred tracks. Yeah. Um, you really need to go, no, I think today we're just going to do, you know, vocals and guitar. I think that's where live, live music kind of comes to, into the picture. Like when you play live, there is, you have to create that moment. That's and try right. And, we try and, do that in LAB where in the studio we take that element of trying to capture the lightning in a bottle by getting at least the rhythm section of one guitar, you know, drums, bass and one guitar captured in, in one moment and then we layer up yeah, um, and try not to overdo it. But, yeah. Because you've had strings and horns and stuff, haven't you, on albums? Yep. Do you do the score for it? To a point, yes. We do like a, a guide. A guide arrangement. Yeah, guide kind of synth line or string line that we, we want and send it away to a guy called Mahuya. Um, and he's got a quartet that he uses up in Auckland. That, um, and then he brings, like, he'll send us back a massive file of strings and then we kind of go through, like, throw it into the, into the um, project and then just go through it all. And the boys, basically, uh, Miharu and Brad, have got really good ears for that, those kind of little what I would call cherry on top kind of things with the strings and that um, they'll just pull out things that are necessary or clashing with other things and, and arrange it like that. Yeah. That's great. Do you guys produce your own records? Yeah. Brad's, Brad's our producer, the, the drum. That makes a little bit more self-contained. Do you have an engineer as well or can you yeah. self-engineer? Uh, both we have. Um, so the studio that we go to and run it, it's called the surgery. Um, a guy called Lee Preble, Dr. Preble, um, who's been been there for, oh, he's been in the industry for over 20 years, like maybe 30 even. He um, he engineered a lot of the early Black Seeds, um, Phoenix Foundation, uh, even some of the Freddy stuff, I think. The first quarter EP that ever got released, he, he produced, the, uh, sorry, engineered that. Um, so him and then Ada, our bass player, um, so basically he works the nine to five shift, uh, Lee, and then once Lee goes home, Ada takes over our bass player right. and he, he engineers right through it all. We drop to the floor and can't <laughs> <laughs> do any more. We, yeah. um, we're lucky enough to like stay at the studio when we go down there. We literally sleep in the studio wow. on the floor. Yeah, so that... Oh, do you have pillows? We do. We take down, Good. yeah, it, yeah, and then I go to my chiropractor when I get back because it's like, Fuck. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, I think you get to a certain age where you stop being able to sleep on the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. 
yeah. I, I think I've reached that age too. Um, something I wanted to talk to you about, which I always find fascinating, is I read in an interview that you guys uh, do an equal split of royalties. Oh, yeah. I think that is almost like the recipe of longevity in a band. It is. Because I've played in bands where, you know, where it's been like whatever, very equal. Sorry, my dog keeps groaning. I don't know if you can hear that. No, it's all good. She keeps going. I knew, mm. I knew it wasn't a fight. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Might kick her out. Um, I've played in bands where it's an equal share and I've also played in bands where the songwriter takes 100 or takes 80. Mm. Um, did you guys have to sit down and have that conversation from the start or was it just sort of a given? It's like everyone's put in the same effort. We're going to do it this way. Right at the start. Yeah, we, we, we sat down and it's the whole $10 on the table thing, which when it's $10, it's like, yeah, bro, yeah, four bucks, I'll have two yeah. bucks. And nobody really, really gives a shit, do they? Because it's $10. Yeah. But as soon as that $10 turns into 100 grand or 500 grand or whatever amount of money, that's when you start getting, it starts getting a bit uh, out of control. So, yeah, we said that from day one doesn't matter who writes the songs we're a band we're not you know that we're a band we want to be like the Foo Fighters like you 2 like the Rolling Stones we want to last forever um and to do that yeah you need a you need to financially split you need to either rise together or fall together like no one uh, you know if it would be hard right now if I was sitting here and somebody else was you know earning way more money than me from the song, from 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 the songs when the songs are doing so well, yeah. you know, it's like we all jump in the van together, we all sleep in the studio and stuff. We not record together. We all put in the same effort, the same hours. We're away from our families the same amount of time. That's right. Um, so yeah, that's equal up the guts. Yeah, I think that's so lovely. This is an easy way to know that no one's going to get sued. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know? no way. No one's going to get beat up by the scary dudes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even if even band, I'd be too scared to say something. <laughs> um the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about which I read um, I don't know if it was the same interview or not was that you um that you have a Toto tattoo. Yes, and I, I do. thought that was really funny. Tell me <laughs> tell me about your love of Toto. Oh, it's, it's, it runs deep. <laughs> have you got another hour? No. Uh, it's pretty much um I don't know. I got my whole this whole arm tattooed with like musical stuff. Yeah, it's like my great grandfather's violin, and then I got like oh. my guitar, my old man's guitar up here, like crossed over with Lovely. like melodies all wrapped around it that he taught me when I was a kid. So it's like a real big musical arm. And then I was like, once I finished that, I was like, I need another tattoo. <laughs> I just get a Toto tattoo. I love Toto. So. <laughs> So it's under it's under here. I can show you it. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. It's got the sword of uh let's call it the sword of Gryffindor all the way through there. <laughs> and I've got the LAV, um I've got our first album cover. Oh wow, yeah. That's yeah, like a I, whole sleeve. I love that. I mean, obviously Africa everyone knows, but the only other song of Toto's that I got really obsessed with once was um I think I could stand you forever. Oh, <laughs> you know that is, that song? A Toto, is that a Toto song? 
Yeah. And it's called I Think I Could Stand You Forever. Oh, really? Have you ever heard that song? Oh, I haven't heard that. It's, Shit. Oh, man. It's so funny. They're incredible musos, though. Like, I think the funny thing with Toto is, like, they were they, they were a bunch of session dudes. I think that's, like, the respect level on a musical level is where I, I love Toto. It's, like, there were these dudes that were playing on, like, especially Jeff Picaro and Steve Lukather, they were playing on Michael Jackson's albums. Uh, you know, Quincy Jones would bring them up and be like, yo, I need you to do this session with Cher or whoever. Like, and they were just playing on hundreds of Steely Dan. They played with so many people. Um, and then, I didn't know that. They were session yeah, dudes. Massive session dudes. Steve Lukather especially, his list of what he's played on. is that He's he's playing the bass line on Beat It. Um, uh, and, oh, maybe uh, I did know that. And he's playing the other guitar. He's not playing the lead. That's Van Halen. Van yeah. Halen, Eddie Van Halen. But um, yeah, he's playing the rhythm guitar on the ba- and the bass. And they wrote Human Nature. Uh, Steve Ficarra wrote Human Nature and sold it to, or gave it to Quincy Jones. I don't know how that works. But again, I don't know how the uh, the equal split is on that one. But, yeah, um, <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, I wonder, <laughs> eh? Probably. I um, wonder if he got any royalties off um, MJ. Yeah, well, Probably I reckon. Not. Paul McCartney's probably got them on now. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's, um, I guess, the musical, you know, the level that they're at. And then all of a sudden they become this, like, famous pop band. <laughs> and they're, they're all just, like, hard-out geeky musos. Um, I love that. So that's kind of, I kind of find it funny. You love the, the concept of the band as well as their music. That's right, yeah. That's nice. Well, that's a big tattoo. That's bigger. I thought it was going to be a tiny little. Yeah, like Toto to- on my T-O-T-O on my, yeah. on my fist or something. Yeah. You miss with me, you miss with Toto. <laughs> I've often wanted to add this question into my um, repertoire of questions. I, I don't have a repertoire, but you know what I mean? Hmm. I've always wanted to know, like, if you had to get knuckle tats, what would you get? Yeah, I don't know. Um, Love Toto? Yeah, Maybe. Slam dunk. Slam dunk. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not my own name. Then Joel. Man. Yeah, it's no. so sad. <laughs> well, yeah, I could get Saya. Yeah. Four letters. Or maybe you get you get Joel. I'll get Saya. Perfect. We'll call it a day. <laughs> Whenever we see each other, we'll just do a fist bump. That's right. It'd be like Captain Planet. <laughs> <laughs> our powers combined. <laughs> heart. Stu's the heart in our band, Stu. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely the heart. Yeah. I mean, I'm not – I think I'm just – I have a lot of um, feelings which are, you know, heartfelt. Sure. What would you be if you were in the Captain Planet gang? <laughs> um, I'd probably be fire, not because I'm a ganger, yeah. but just because just, that's, <laughs> that's just because how I would be dealing with it. I'd be like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Are you a stressor? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, oh, well, I think I'm an anxious. I think I get anxious. I get, yeah. I get nervous and anxious. Wouldn't say I'm a stressor. Sometimes I'm a stressor, but I, I've found that things to to cope with the stress. You know, like go to the gym and don't drink so much beer, kind of thing. So um, yes. And then you know, stress. So yeah. And then you know, I was anxious. Yeah. <laughs> it all works. Do you have performance anxiety? Yeah, yeah, definitely. How do you battle the nerves? Uh, it's 
the worst, I think if you ask any, maybe not any musician, but I feel like when you're, when you're on a trajectory, like we are, there are people that will relate to it. It's the, you have the sound check at three o'clock and then you've got nothing till nine o'clock. And then that six hours, the fuck do you do? Like, I know it's the worst time. Yeah. The 24 hours, 23 hours pre a gig. It's like you do not want to you do not want to be me 23 hours no. before a gig. Or it's just like around you in general. No. no. <laughs> I always say that I turn into a pumpkin. I don't know, just feel really strange before a gig. I guess singing too, like I've learned I'm I'm super lucky to have um my vocal coach on tour with us. She's one of our backing vocalists. Oh great. That's yeah. awesome. Sheree Matheson's her name. She's incredible. Um and she's taught me a lot about just, you know, there's nothing to worry about. Um, well, there's there's a lot to worry about. But <laughs> and the, really, there's, there's, you know, you've done so much practice. You've played so many gigs in your life. You sound great. Like, she's always the advocate for, like, keeping me calm. That's awesome that you have that with you. Yeah, very, very lucky to have that because she will see me kind of just, like, Pumpkin out. <laughs> That's right. Full roast pumpkin out. <laughs> just the knife stuck in the pumpkin. It's like, <laughs> it's just, fire. she's amazing. And then yeah. she, she would be good then to warm up with and yep, sing all with that stuff. before a gig. That's great. She's taught me a lot about, you know, voice and body connection. And yeah, it's all related. It's, it's you treat yourself like a, a, an athlete really when you're on tour. And yeah. when you do that, you're bulletproof. To a point, yeah. I've, I've had a few freaky moments in the past with um, getting crooked, you know, having a having a chest infection. I had, I had bronchitis and had to do a gig. Um, oh no! And that that was, you know, it's just were you able to do one it? One of those things. We we bullshitted our way through it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I never want to do that again, though. No, it's awful. Yeah, it's like the down trail. It's like man. It's like, <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's the worst, but. Thankfully, it's you know it's happened twice in the six years of LAB, and one of them was that it was last uh, actually it was this time last year, and then yeah. bef- before that it was 2016 uh, in Australia. We we did a, sh- a tour with Catch a Fire, our first ever international tour as LAB. We didn't have an album out or anything, um, and Catch a Fire bless them, they were like, "Yep, we'll take these boys on tour," and we did. The, uh, 22 shows in 31 days through Australia. Wow. It was just mental. And two vans, one van was the smoker's van, the other van was the non-smoker's van. <laughs> and we flew to like Perth and that, but basically drove, you know, we'd do four shows, three, four shows, two or three days off, another four shows. Did you do a lot of regional then? Yeah, it was all like Red Hill, Sydney, and then, like right, right up to Ken's, um, Malula Bar, um, yeah, all sorts. It was a, it was an incredible. It was the biggest learning experience in my life. What were the top three things you learned? Just the limits, like where the limit was. Because mm. man, you get you get dragged around like a piece of meat. Hey, you, you're up at seven. You're in the van. You drive to the next gig. You sound check. You check into the hotel. You have two hours to maybe have a nap. Turn into a pumpkin turn into a pumpkin, do the show, and then do it all again in another city the next night. There is nothing that teaches you that, hey, 
No. There's, there's, there's nothing that prepares you for that shit. I did Bikram yoga for fucking two months before that tour. And I thought <laughs> I was bulletproof. I was like, no mother, I'm like fit. Now I feel strong and healthy. Man, nothing, nothing prepares you for the road. It just kills you. In my first band, we toured Canada and the States a lot. And we did like 65 shows in three months or something. And we were driving uh, the whole time as well. And a lot of the times we would just be sleeping on floors or sleeping on couches. Right. Um, and that's a whole nother thing that nobody prepares you for. That's just, it's just such a formative experience where you're like, yeah. wow, if I can do that, I can do anything. Yeah. I got to the 17th show and I lost my voice. Oh. And I sung the next, I, I didn't talk all day the next, I still had two shows in that run. Um, and I, I sung the first show and I had lost my voice on the 17th show, 18th and 19th show. I, I managed to sing, just didn't talk all day, like wrote stuff down. And then the last leg of the tour was in Perth. And that was fine. So yeah, one show out of 22 shows. And That's amazing. It was, it was interesting because it was the first time I'd met um, Logan from Catch a Fire, who's an incredible singer, you know, does such seasoned musicians. They tour all the time um they were doing like two tours in the states they'd be on a bus they'd play six nights a week sleep on the bus overnight to the next like just next level again you know when i met him at the airport he had a cold and he was crook you know and it was at the start of the tour um and when we got to the first um the first uh city that we played in i think it was he played adelaide first and he just opened up his like his box of goodies and he just had like Everything from like Manuka honey to like these tablets to help him sleep. He had stuff for his adrenaline to like get him up, you know. He had, wow. like, he was like a pharmacist. And I was like, I, I, I was like, kind of had similar setup, but definitely not like the level that he had. Do you have it now? Shit, yeah. Yeah, I've got everything now. <laughs> Do you use um, Betadine Gargle? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. What else you got? Ah. Uh, Man, I got one of these. Actually, they come from Australia. Those uh, humidifiers. Oh yeah. Like a like a Mister thing. Yeah. Um, and then this thing that you wear when you fly. It's like a like a mask. It's like you're getting put under the plane to sit it. And then ah. you wear it on the plane, and it just it's like a filter system. And that yeah. But I mean, you know, you can go a little bit over the top. To be honest, some of yeah. that stuff can can make your anxiety go even worse. So yeah. Um, I just try to be healthy on tour. I just try to go to bed as soon as I can, drink heaps of water, don't get out on the piss, you know. Yeah. But I did a lot of I did a lot of that on that tour. <laughs> yeah. That. Uh, the reason why I lost my voice wasn't because I just got sick. It was like, nah, stop fucking thinking six beers after a show. Yeah. And... <laughs> Yelling at someone that you love them after six beers over yeah. loud music. That's yeah. right. I know that feeling well too. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, I'm going to ask you my last question, which is the question that I ask everyone. Uh, what is your strangest show experience or just the strangest thing that's happened to you because you play music? Uh, yes, there's been a few strange things, but probably the strangest was at the local gym that I go to. I like to go, I like to sauna. I love a good sauna. Uh, I was sitting in the sauna and um, this guy come in and he started yarning to me. Uh, to be honest, I could start a podcast in that sauna. I could make millions of dollars. <laughs> Nowhere to hide the secret microphone. That's right. Just <laughs> to hang it. You have to hang it like from the like that over like that. 
just hanging off the ceiling. Slightly out the top of your butt crack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so soon then this guy was like yarning away. I, I, I kind of knew him from school-ish, you know, um, and he just, we were, I did a few sessions, like 12, 15 minutes. I was just like covered in sweat, like in my, you know, basically in my undies. And uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, bro, I love LABA. And I was like, oh, thanks, man. He's like, bro, you reckon um, you could do a quick shout out for me? <gasps> I was like, he gets his phone. He has his phone in the sauna and he's just like, what? Got his phone out and he's just like, he's like, it's for my cousin, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, shh, shh. I was like, hey, it's Joel from LAB. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, sweet. And then I went home and I was like, I can't believe I accepted that task yeah. of doing a shout out on a sauna. You were you're vulnerable. They got you at a vulnerable spot. So vulnerable. Dehydrated. <laughs> like, then dolphins would have been running hot because when you do a sauna, you're just like, Woo! you're just yeah. like, you know, loopy. So oh he, man! He, he caught me while I was down, man. I was like, <laughs> I was like, that video is out there. That's <laughs> somewhere. Somebody has a a video in their inbox of me, fucking head to toe, <laughs> redder than the redder than this pill right here, like absolutely peaking. Oh, that's very nice of you to do, though. <laughs> that's only one of the reasons. I just found it weird that he had his phone in the sauna. It's like, why the fuck you got your phone in the sauna? That seems like it's not good for the electronics. Well, and the whole point of like sitting in a sauna is like to detox and not That's be true. on your phone. Oh, yeah, I might just yeah. check my Facebook while I... Yeah, and plus like you're sweaty, like you can't unlock. I'm sure That's that, right. that you wouldn't even be able to use your phone. I should I should find this guy and get him to send me the video. <laughs> and create a TikTok. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for telling me that story. And thank you so much for making time to do the podcast. All good. Sorry if I talk too much. But... No, not at all. That's the point. Um, and good luck with the album release. And um, yeah, good luck with the with the tours in April and before. I'm sure it's going to be great. And a big fingers crossed for tonight for the awards. Yes, thank you so much. And um, we're about to you. Are you in Sydney? I'm in Brisbane. Oh, you're in Brisbane. Sorry. Okay, yeah. Brisbane. So I think we're yeah. playing this. So come, please come to a show. Yeah, I'd love to. We'll do our fist bump. Yeah, definitely. I'll just... Yeah, I'll yeah. write it on, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then when I go home, I'll get it tattooed on me. Yeah. And then just to test it out, I'll go and sauna. <laughs> and then if it stays, then... Yeah. Great. <laughs> Can't wait. Give me a shout out from the sauna. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. All right. All right. Great. Well, so nice to talk to you, Joel. Yeah, you Hopefully too, mate. Hopefully see you in person soon. Yeah, see you later. See ya. Bye.